you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? We welcome you into the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Go here with you, joined alongside. Let me just say this, by the way, as well. I say it every show, Fantasy Freaks and Geeks. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast right now, first of all, God bless you. Get a life. <laughs> no, don't. Keep listening. God bless you. But man, you do have to be a little bit of a fantasy freak and/or geek to be listening to this fantasy podcast. Um, we appreciate this, you. Oh, listen, I I love you, love you. Um, but yes, we will we will continue to have uh, a couple podcasts a week here um, for the foreseeable future. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll reevaluate once we get into the uh, combine season. But uh, but as we go right now, um, we welcome you in and join alongside by the franchise. Yo, Franciscovich, what's up, man? Just enjoyed our first technically like actual weekend off in a few months here. It was pretty cool. I didn't come into work Sunday. They they they, they don't let us into the building on Sunday once the postseason starts. So, <laughs> but it was nice. It was nice to spend two actual weekend days off. And the thing is, the games are all staggered, so you can watch all the games mm-hmm. now, too. Yep. You know what I mean? Without yep. having a channel surf or whatever it is. Got to get the chores done first and then park 100%. on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It all was right. good. It was a good good relaxing weekend. The Wiz Kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gilhart, what's going on? Uh, I'm in the midst of uh, basically like a, a family vacay. I'm here for like two days, and then my mom's coming out today, and my sister comes out on Wednesday, and then I'm okay. taking off the rest of the week because nice. they always like to escape the terrible weather in Wisconsin. Oh. So even though it's like kind of chilly here today, this is like – I think when my dad, because uh, we were in Vegas briefly this weekend, when he landed in Vegas, it was like 60 degrees, and he was like, this is a 90-degree temperature change from where I just came. <laughs> 90 Because it was like negative 30 with the wind chill. Oh, my gosh, oh. dude. So, yeah, they like, to come, they like to come out here in January. and <laughs> They'll take a little rain Yeah, with our, with, our, with our schedule laxing up a little bit, I'm able to just sneak out of here for a few days. So I we're going to go, uh, go up to Santa Barbara, and uh, oh, the, old, yeah. the old man and I were hanging out watching some football this okay. weekend. You guys going to do a little wine tasting? Do a little wine tasting. It's yeah. good, good times up there. Nice. Absolutely. All right. 
right, we got the wide receiver prognosticator himself. We've got Matt Harmon in the building. What's up? Yo, uh, I was here on Sunday, uh, despite the the fantasy season being dead. You can still watch me on uh, on Blitz on Blitz Sunday morning. Promote myself here. The old Twitter show. Uh, yeah, talking about next gen stats and and such. Okay, it's been fun. Uh, I should probably be on again next week unless uh, I blow it uh, between now and then, which is quite possible. It's very. Possible. Are the reviews in yet? Have you officially blown it? No, <laughs> not yet. But like sometimes there's a slow turnover on the weekend days, and you know your show might get can you might right. get canceled. True. By, uh, no. True. Tomorrow morning. So far, haven't right. blown it yet. But Good. it's it's the playoffs are young. We're, we're, rooting, we're rooting for you. Nice. <laughs> Producer Chris. Hey, guys. Behind the glass. What yes. What's morning. up? How you doing, pal? I'm good. Yeah? A little rainy today, huh? Yeah. yeah. I actually California. drove into work. I could, could, didn't want to walk and oh. have the rain pour down on me. I like how, like, er, a couple days ago on the local news here, you know, the yeah. bomb cyclone on the East Coast. Bomb cyclone. Like, everyone, it's like of end of days on the East Coast. Yep. And I saw one of the local, like, the NBC LA channel, the the weather guy was like, well, the first storm of the year coming storm up. Watch. Like, storm watch. Storm watch. like Southern California. And they're like, oh, it's going to rain for a day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, storm it's like watch. Even, it's not even really raining. <laughs> yeah. Give me a break. Hey, did you guys notice watching the, the Falcons Rams game, how slick the, yes, grass the was? field yeah. Yeah. people I, were slipping well, all yeah, over the place. Everyone was like trying to figure out what was going on. It's just like, I think that marine layer. Yeah, like, it was that, a little weird missed. yesterday. Yeah. Talking to Kirk Morrison, he's like, "Yeah, man, there's never been a playoff game here in Name January. Drop. People don't know." So. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And and, and franchise to your point too. It's a, it's it's true. The the local news tonight will be uh, in L. A. Will be uh, team coverage. Oh yeah. Of Stormwatch. That's, I'm surprised you even B- made it in here. <laughs> B-roll of, like, raindrops hitting puddles Absolutely. and whatnot. Yeah, 100%. I, I love Man on the street interviews. Here we go. Yeah. Let's go. This man used an umbrella today. <laughs> like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Sir, how did you survive? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really shocked you, you made it in. Yeah, well, like yeah. I, you know, because the freeway becomes a hellacious like mixture of confusion. Oh, it's and just death. straight up Mad Max with yeah. oh. any sort of inclement weather on the on the roads in here. And you already have <laughs> issues with punctuality in general. That's very so. true. No, and and, and to be a hundred percent honest, uh, just uh, I just want to be a hundred percent clear. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was not. Tra- I mean, it was semi traffic related, not really, but uh, it was semi traffic. It was more the fact that I spent the entire weekend in Vegas. Yeah, oh, do what? Yeah, More. You guys were both in Vegas this weekend? We, uh, yes, I was there with my fa- I was there with uh just my wife and my daughter, but uh What the hell were you doing there? Still found time to uh get the old booze on. Nice. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. So it was good. Awesome. Yeah. So it was more related to that. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Understandable. Right. Uh, great show in front of us here today. Going to be talking about Playoff Challenge. If you have not played Playoff Challenge, you should start a lineup today. Thought your, your fantasy season was over? It's not. Wrong, idiot. It's not. <laughs> talk a little bit about playoff challenges, but the cool thing about playoff challenges, it, it it allows us to talk about, I shouldn't say allows us, but, you know, it's a nice little window into talking about playoff football as well from a fantasy perspective. So why the hell not? We're going to talk about things I learned in 2017, a column penned by Marcus Grant. Uh, we'll talk about uh, major takeaways that he had in 2017 as well. And Matt Harmon. Uh, Penn to call him as well. Targets and touches, takeaways from 2017. He will give us a couple of stats from 2017 in terms of targets and touches that he found to be interesting. How we can spin those forward towards 2018. We'll close out your show with a round of Daily Daps. But we'll start your show with your top fantasy headlines. News. News, news, news. I don't watch the news. News. I like turtles. Uh, The Bills just lost to the Jags. Speculation now that Tyrod could be done 
in Buffalo. Where would you like to see him land from a fantasy perspective? We'll start with you, Matt Harmon. You know what? I'm going to just go pessimistic right away, and I don't think he ends up anywhere as a starter. Oh, Kind of with you on that. Yeah. Oh. I, I don't think that – or at least – not a clear-cut starter. I think maybe he could go somewhere that and doesn't. Compete. Yeah, and compete. Like, doesn't, you know, hypothetically say, probably, like, whoever loses out on the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes and, like, wants to then, like, or not wants to, but is then forced to roll in with the same guys that they were growing out there with in 2017 and also wants to add Tyrod to the mix. But, you know, I I mean, I've always been a fan of Tyrod Taylor. I want him to be the starter he, in Buffalo back when he signed there, and he, you know, came through with that he's been a starter for multiple years but he's still a flawed player and the buff like buffalo's offense obviously he doesn't have a lot of talent around him this averaged less than 16 points in their last i think five or six games was right. it so they're just they're not that good of an offense with him under center and i think he's just he's got too, no wide receivers yeah i know that but at the same True. time like he still in some ways does limit what you can do on offense mm-hmm. and it's just pretty clear no matter what you or i or anybody else thinks of tyrod taylor it right. seems like multiple coaching staffs have come through there and been like we want to upgrade on this guy so it's just hard for me to imagine that somebody's going to go out there pursue him and make him a clear-cut starter so I think we will see him start games in the NFL again obviously but I don't yeah. think he's going to sign somewhere and be a clear-cut starter oh that breaks my heart I the, the, thing, the thing about Tyrod Taylor I just don't understand uh, you watch him play you look at the numbers uh, this guy's a good player uh, so I, I just I'm confused um, by the whole Tyrod Taylor thing it's just is it because he just wasn't a high draft pick? I mean, what's I don't I don't get the deal. Well, he's a good player, but he doesn't move the offense really. Like it's not the he's Bills. Not a, he's not a singular you know force on right. offense if that's what we're talking about. But he's a good player. I mean, if if we're in a in a league that's so quarterback thirsty, it's just so crazy that we got a guy that is. Look, I don't care what you think about Tyrod Taylor. If he's not one of the tw- if if in your mind he's not one of the twenty best quarterbacks. In this league, there I don't. I think you need to reevaluate your evaluation system. He's got to be one of the twenty, at least one of the twenty best quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, there are there are some bad starters out there. Yeah, I don't there know. I'm just I'm just I, I'm just going through it, and tw- twenty even gets a little thin because we've had a resurgence, and that's the trouble. Is projecting him is the a lot of the quarterback openings aren't as dire now because you got Jimmy G getting a shot. You have yeah. Jared Goff stepping up. You sure. have other guys making the strides. And you have a rich quarterback class at the top of the draft this year, yeah. potentially with a lot of franchise guys. I mean, the only the only conceivable openings are like, uh, I mean, the Bills spot will be open if he yeah. stays there. Arizona, because Carson Palmer's retiring. But other than that, I mean, in the Broncos, whoever gets Kirk Denver, Cousins, yeah. Washington. I wouldn't um, mind seeing him in Arizona, actually. Washington actually is kind of intriguing because if Kirk Cousins leaves, Ooh. they have – I mean, that's the crazy thing about the whole Kirk Cousins thing. They have no plan. Like, uh, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. If they if they let Kirk walk out the door, Colt right. McCoy is going to start games for them. <laughs> like that's that's what they're looking at. They, Jay loves Colt. Yeah, <laughs> loves he does. Him. No, does. I mean, it will not surprise me if he he's if he opens the season as Washington's starting quarterback because um, they so do bad. love him there. Like they've got nothing going on, so they could pursue like a upper tier free agent quarterback like a Tyrod Taylor right. uh, if if uh, if they don't if and got cousins. The Tyrod thing goes both ways because he does and as Tony Romo highlighted in that game miss a lot of open receivers at times, but he also has the ability to make great throws and his sure. receivers let him down, which is yeah. it's tough to take too much from how like inept their scoring offense was down the stretch when his his top three receivers were a guy they traded for mid season, yeah. a guy they signed off and the, got injured. And got injured, a guy they signed off the street in like week eight right. or nine in Deontay Thompson and then an overmatched second-round pick, Zay Jones, who had one of the worst catch rates in like NFL history for a pick that high. History. 
I mean, yeah. it was bad. So 36%. It's like yes, he Charles missed, Clay was in and out of the line. Was in and out. So yes, he's he's missing throws as well. But also, if you flash back to when it was him, Sammy, and Lashawn, and they were all healthy, that offense for they a stretch a couple good, years yeah. ago was averaging oh, like yeah. thirty points a game. So it's he's not a perfect player. He doesn't have the, all the answers. But he in fantasy, if he goes to a team like Washington that has a healthy Jordan Reed, Josh Doxson, Jamison kind of Crowder, like working with Gruden, let's working with a good offensive mind of Gruden. Yeah. We'll see what happens. He uh, he is. The problem with for Tyrod is that he's the two things that I think drive NFL teams crazy is one they always feel like they can do better, which again is when you when you look at the the landscape of quarterbacks you might be like, uh, I don't know about that, buddy. Like they they but they definitely he gives you legitimate reasons to think you can upgrade on him. So he stuck he sticks you in quarterback purgatory, which I think drives um, some teams crazy. And also coaches a lot of coaches want you to run their offense, and he right. can't run every single offense out there. I mean, especially, like, the system that he's been in this year, I don't know if that's the correct one for him, like a real timing-based West Coast system. But, you know, that drives coaches crazy. So that's why I just think, like, again, it doesn't really matter what you or I or anybody else thinks about Tyrod. I think the NFL has already kind of told you what they think about quarterbacks like this, and he will not, like, most likely, I don't think, end up as a clear-cut starter. Speaking of non-clear-cut starters, how about Alex Smith in Kansas City? Reports that the Chiefs are now open to trading Smith away this came actually before Kansas City suffered a brutal, I mean, just a brutal gut punch home loss Saturday, blowing an 18-point lead to the lowly Tennessee Titans. Patrick Mahomes would be your 2018 opening day starter if this came to fruition. But again, uh, reports that KC looking to move, potentially move Alex Smith in a trade. Um, Again, this is just one of those things. Good, I mean, good teams, when you, when you think about if you have an embarrassment of riches, even at the quarterback position, good teams find a way to let their veteran guy kind of sort of age out or maybe play himself out. That's not the case, yeah. I think, with Kansas City and Alex Smith. And again, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I think, looked good in the preseason. I, I think it's it'd be fair to say he looked, you know, uh, I, I guess above average. You certainly saw, saw the arm strength. The arm strength, the arm yeah. talent is certainly above average. The, oh, the rest no of the question. game needs I, to catch up. And again, yeah, who knows, right? But I mean, it could be a situation where he's a couple years away. I, I just, I don't know. When I hear this story, I just, I just shake my head because I mean, Same. it's, it's a clear cut. Look, you bring, you bring Alex Smith back for 2018. You let him start. You know, if he gets injured, Patrick Mahomes steps in. Yeah. If he absolutely falls apart, you put Patrick Mahomes in. You don't trade. Yeah, Alex, you just don't do that. The only the only thing that I would argue about that is if they think they can strike right now while the iron's hot and, and get a first, of, and he's getting if they can get a first, I mean, then I think it's worth at least entertaining. It's at least considering. I don't think they should. I think it would be the incorrect move. I th- I'm yeah. with you, but in their mind, just to play devil's advocate, I think they can see, like, we strike now why the iron's high. He's coming yeah. off a career best year. He's best deep pass in the NFL last year. They get a team to give him a first-round pick, which, you know, I can kind of understand from another team's perspective. They start rolling with their young quarterback. I think they. I think if yesterday had just shown that this team has definitely hit its ceiling, like, they think they have more room to go. And if they can get a first-round pick for it, then I get it. Because if that scenario plays out, which you just – outlined that next year they bring him back and then Mahomes is starting by the end of the year they're not getting a first round pick for Alex Smith and they just let him walk out the door you know I I tell you what though if they do get rid of Smith I'm going to be a little more concerned about the fantasy fortunes of this team oh yeah sure yeah I think also importantly we saw not just only at their ceiling but like because of their offensive depth their razor or their margin for error is razor thin if they lose one of 
Kelsey, As Hunt, saw on or, or Tyreek Hill, that right. offense becomes – it's so versatile with all of them, but it becomes much more concentrated in just a couple people that it's easier to take away. I mean, it's crazy because it is concentrated already. It's As you mentioned, right. it's, those, it, it's, it's those, those three guys. That's it. And when you yeah. take one of them out at any time, that's when that offense really starts to falter. Yeah. Like when they couldn't get Kareem Hunt going for a stretch and lost yeah. like four out of five games right. or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. You take away any one of those guys, and then so you're gonna you're gonna take out, kick Alex Smith or potentially put in a young, unproven quarterback who's gonna be a little bit more erratic. Because that was the best part about that Alex Smith offense, though, is he didn't make mistakes. Yes, like yeah. he didn't he didn't force them into bad bad scripts, bad situations. That's so right. I would be a lot more concerned about Kelsey and Hill, especially if Mahomes is under center next year. And like Alex Smith is a guy that we were talking about in the MP- MVP conversation the first half of the year. Right, they're just gonna trade this guy <laughs> away when they they have this window with That's all exactly this. Right. Stuff. We saw this. Exactly offense right. really explode this year. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. like they were scoring tons of points in the first few weeks, and it's like if they go to Mahomes now, they're they're they're, they're starting they over. start over. They're starting over. No, yeah. like you want to see how far you can go with a guy like like Alex Smith, who's clearly a, a super talented quarterback. I, I think know, Mahomes it, needs more development. And it's sad to me too because you know that last throw that he had to was it Albert Wilson at the very end? Yeah, um, that was a dime. Albert Wilson just straight up mistimed his jump. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what it really came down to. But that was an unbelievably that was good. A, that was a great throw. throw. Yeah. Um, and Albert Wilson just mistimed his jump. That's what it was, you know. And it's like, you know, you can't blame Albert Wilson because look, it's in double coverage. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. It's deep downfield. Um, it, again, it's in double coverage. That's fine. But man, that was just a great throw, and it just. Uh, it just it hurts me, you know, because KC I thought had a great season this year, yeah. um, and Alex Smith had a terrific season, and for the team and maybe the media to unfairly put this on him and say, oh, maybe KC could take a step forward with Mahal, I, I just I just <laughs> take a step forward. I what? just don't get it. You know what yeah. I mean? They uh, finally I, they finally unlocked the offense. I know. I I agree. Uh, can we talk about? Can we react to the uh, the the Mariota touchdown pass to himself? Sure. I don't know if I've ever seen that. That would have literally, in fantasy, that would have counted as two would, touchdowns. Would have been nice if it's it happened, happened during the season. It's happened a few times. Brad Johnson threw a touchdown yeah, to Gruden, himself Gruden in Minnesota. Gruden was talking oh, about it. Oh, that's right. Um, it's rare because you have to be – the quarterback, you have to be in the red zone, basically. Yes. The pass has to get batted, and you just have to have enough You have to be in the shotgun, in too. And yeah. you have to be in the shotgun because you have to be an eligible receiver. Pretty much, yeah. Insane. So, and an uh, athletic quarterback like Mariota, too. That play was hilarious. But, yeah, if that was runner, in the regular season. Apparently, Brad Johnson did it. He's no athlete. <laughs> All right, so so it's, it's hilarious. It's never anything to count on. I hey. love how my mentions immediately, I didn't see the play because I was on a plane back to L.A. But oh, when okay. I got back, I just pulled up Twitter. and Because yeah. uh, I was like, we we're looking at the stats. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Mariota threw a touchdown and he caught to it. himself. Yeah. So then I pulled right. it up, and everybody's like, how does that touchdown work? I don't I know why. So what a double counted. I think he had 24 points in playoff challenge <laughs> if you used them so i think That's it would have counted as a pass and throw a touchdown to himself <laughs> twice yep oh yeah. uh this is where ppr matters oh yeah you know <laughs> all those, all those sure. times we, <laughs> we mess with people PPR. when we get the ppr quarterback <laughs> questions here we go this, this is, is it this he would have had 25 in ppr instead of 24 <laughs> okay this now is we it. know now we know uh what it was nice it was a cool play super athletic too for him to be able to catch up at it pass and and didn't fumble in on the pylon like you saw happen that's true because he dove out there yeah he made sure to hold on would have been nice if he did that at some point during the regular season. Well, he's so, so bad so as a fantasy quarterback. Let's talk about the Titans offense real quick, though, because this was kind of what I think we all hoped we would see from them this season. Yeah. And it's so frustrating that it took two events 
for them to turn into an up tempo attack. One and well, one of it is that obviously <laughs> they DeMarco had to fall behind. Murray, well, Demarco Murray doesn't come. He, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's injured. Exactly. Yeah. So they put exactly. their best running back. Henry's in the field. a starter. That was apparent. Exactly. Although I could even there was one. There was one time during the game where Henry blew a pass block, yeah, and I could even just hear the co- Mar- the Mar- Malarkey and the coach staff on the sideline like, "See, that's <laughs> why we why have we the that's why we have that vet back there." And like to <laughs> a point, that's true. But nevertheless, uh, they get their they get their best running back into a rhythm against a bad defense, and he just rips them apart. Yeah. And also, yeah, they fall behind and they have to go up tempo, and like it's just depressing knowing that. Next week they're gonna go to New England and just get smashed, and they're gonna go right back into that shell again to start. Because if they come out and they go up tempo and they feed Derrick Henry twenty plus touches, I mean they got a shot to no, to, com- to compete, not get blown out. <laughs> they're but, gonna get, but they're gonna, but they're smashed. gonna go into it and they're gonna be conservative. And, and Murray might be healthy, and just Ugh. I just hope next year. That, I think they've announced that, that Murray's healthy next year is gonna be so frustrating. I next I week he's if he's healthy, I think he's next week, next week, I think Murray ends. Up getting cut probably because he's he, yeah, 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 yeah. going to be a cap casualty, which would be good news for Derrick Henry in fantasy next year. Yes. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I think the I think there was a report that uh, Derrick Henry is slated to start actually on next Sunday. Uh, yeah, against the Patriots. So we'll yeah, see. How, how could you guys? The you Titans they've been outscored one twenty six to twenty nine in their last three meetings against the Pats. So, oh uh-oh. my goodness, twenty six to twenty nine. One of those games though. Caveat: Jeff Fisher fifty nine nothing. I was like, oh, man, holy five, hell! Six I got it. Yep, but I so the other ones were blowouts as well. Okay. That that skews it a little bit, but that still, <laughs> still. doesn't help. Wow. <laughs> They're gonna uh, get. They're gonna get absolutely smashed. I just. I would. My. I. My hope for this offense next season is that Mike Malarkey clearly like, which is you can really dive into what poor like logic this is that he goes into this last week's game clearly on the hot seat. Like I think if Tennessee had lost that game, they yeah, he's out. They would have fired him. Yeah. Which is then crazy. Like now they have to come out with a statement like we're bringing him back next year. Which again, you can really dive into what a curious logic that is, but. He's coming back. Hopefully, my my hope for him is that he sees like this, you know, career near death experience of being the <laughs> Titans head coach here. Get all get get a second chance. Like he's not going to. You, you know, saw like, a flash like a Ron, of light. Like a Ron Rivera. Yeah, I'm hoping flip. like a Ron Rivera type epiphany where he sees like, okay, I cannot. Like, I've got to do something different with this different with this offense. Whether it's bringing a new OC, be more up tempo, make things easier on my quarterback. Like that, you've got to do it, man, because you just can't go with this board like they're struggling with two identities I mean you have players like Richard Matthews saying like sometimes you got to work around coaching or, or Delaney Walker Delaney Walker said that and then <laughs> Richard Matthews was the one who said like we got to let Marcus just call the plays and like oh, you you, you got to see the signs here one would hope I, that's some they I'm have slander. they have the personnel to you... have a very fun offense if they 100%. feature Richard and Corey Davis and get Taiwan Taylor in the slot instead of Eric Decker, and then yeah. you feed Derrick Henry, and like you go up tempo. And Holy hell, Eric Decker! <laughs> I was told that Eric Decker was an elite top five wide receiver. That's what I was told. Yeah, oh. f- two years ago, you clown. Two, two, Before that's, two that's years, broke two his head. And also, also the that's ar- what I was. Told. Also, the argument was top twenty. Don't move the goal. <laughs> It was two years and like eight surgeries. Yeah, he had like a crazy hip injury last year. That's also, what I he, was told he, he scored a touchdown. So yeah, that's true. did it happen? It happened. it happened. Fantasy points. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. True. Uh, Josh Rosen. Speaking of this uh, young quarterback class, Alex Gilhart, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold. Uh, they declared for the draft last week. They are expected. 
to go somewhere, both of them, is somewhere in the top ten. Uh, your top six picks, the Browns, the Giants, the Colts, the Browns again, <laughs> the Broncos, and That's the Jets. Funny. So the Browns got uh, two top four picks. But uh, you start looking at uh, at teams that might need a quarterback. The Giants certainly might be there uh, if they part ways with Eli Manning. The Broncos certainly will be in the market for a quarterback <laughs> again. The Giants are not going to part ways with Eli Manning, by the way. He's going to be on the team next year. The, they still might take a quarterback, but he's going to be on. The, the Browns are going to take Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. Let's see, let's uh, see which one works. And out. the Jets are there as well. <laughs> so awful. <laughs> the Jets are the Jets are almost assuredly are taking a quarterback at the top. Yeah. It, yeah. The Cowns a question mark just because he had that you know bat was it broke his wrist at the end of the year or something? Some kind of hand yes. arm. Thing. Um. But so like he played really well last oh, he year. Did play and well. He would be a yeah. great veteran to have come back again and mentor a young QB like that because he's done that a number of times. Well, hell, even career. if he starts eight games, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Right. So there you go. Sure. Uh, so I would imagine Josh Rose and Sam Darnold. My my early takeaways are, are that Sam Darnold, I don't think, is going to play very well in the NFL, uh, at least for the first couple of seasons. Josh Rosen, I don't know. He's a, He definitely needs to get into the right system. I'm only saying this because, look, I'm, I'm a big Pac-12 guy. Josh Rosen, UCLA, Sam Darnold, USC. I've seen sp- so unbelievably uh, unbelievable number of games from both of these guys. But Josh Rosen's got to get into the right system with the right coaching staff as well. If he gets in with the wrong guy, uh, there's going to be a, a major clash of personality, so we'll see. But Sam Darnold, obviously, he reminds me of Jameis Winston. You know what I mean? Where he's going to have one of those 25 interception seasons oh. in the NFL. Um, the arm talent is certainly there, and he will make some plays where you're like, holy hell, this guy might be the truth. And then the other times where, you know, he's oh, yeah. throwing it to quadruple ch- coverage. You, you, know, get, you, get like, you get like yeah, 2017 Rose Bowl or whatever, Sam right. Darnold, and then exactly. you also get like three yeah. turnover it's crazy. Sam Darnold. James, what exactly. would you say to a uh, Hugh Jackson, Josh Rose? Nope. Marriage? Absolutely no, not. No, just <laughs> Hugh to nobody. <laughs> Absolutely 100% no. That, that, would, be, that would be absolute uh, a career killer for Josh Rose. Well, he'd, straight he'd, away. There'd be so much smoke blown up his you know, uh, during the sure. off, yeah, correct during the off season that right. from Hugh to Rosen, and then by week eight it'd be like, <laughs> I don't know if this guy's ever going to get it. You know, I'm calling my plays like <clears throat> Hugh Jackson. By the way, like I wrote the coach speak narratives piece, uh, yeah. on Friday, and hopefully we could talk about that on a, on a different episode yes. of the podcast because on really Thursday fun. that's oh, what cool. we're going to be doing. Well, you're so smart. Yes. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't know. I won't open up the rundown till seven fifty a.m. on Thursday morning. Um, but you actually, Jackson. if you were very proactive and you clicked on Thursday's rundown, you would already see it already punched in there. Oh Ouch. wow! You're ahead of what there. a peek behind the curtain for our fans. I was talking about Google Doc rundowns. <laughs> exactly. You have a point to make, Carmen. Well, I just wanted to say, like. Hugh Jackson is the worst. Oh, my God. He's the worst. The Like, the literal worst. I <laughs> Like, I was already sick of this guy coming into the, writing that piece. And, and then you relived all the <laughs> awful coach speak things he said. Like, there's there's one I included in there, him talking about Duke Johnson. And the whole time, like, I've never read a, f- read a piece from, like, months ago and just actively, like, saying to myself, shut the hell up. <laughs> There, there were a lot. We were all helping Harmon compile that piece, and we were like digging through old Roto World and old news yeah, articles yeah, we had yeah. saved. And there, Hugh Jackson just kept getting yeah, well littered in that. Uh, I had all like individual storylines, and then just one section things that Hugh Jackson said. <laughs> wow, there's at least four examples in I there. But anyways, it. we'll we'll get to that on Thursday. But all just right, my go. my point is like. Woof. Like, that's going to just be a not fun situation getting paired with Hugh for whichever quarterback goes number one. But by the I way, like. There's a there's a, like five quarterbacks that could be first round picks in this class. 
It sure. seems like that are gonna. That's gonna. It'll be Lamar gonna Jackson's gonna be in the mix. Allen. <clears throat> Josh Allen's gonna be in the mix from Wyoming. Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker. Baker Mayfield certainly will be in the mix from Oklahoma. Um, yeah, I mean it's gonna be. You know, I, again, I, it's a deeper class. There's question marks as to whether or not any of those guys will be elite talents in the NFL, but certainly I think all of them can be starters. It will remind me. It reminds me a little bit of how the 2012 class went, where there were a lot of quarterback needy teams and uh, a, a relatively deep class, and like a lot of teams took because we had like what four or five quarterbacks go in the first round in that 2012 class. The luck class because it was luck, it was Griffin. luck, luck, Griffin, uh, Tannehill, Whedon, and oh my uh, God, uh, Whedon, uh, holy uh, shit. Yeah, yeah, Whedon went in the first Brown. round. Somebody oh, else I'm forgetting. Right. I think Brown. I think somebody – or maybe there was a second-round pick we lost. No, well, it, there, well, there was – Russell, Russell Wilson was, was a third-round third round. Oh, yeah, third-round pick. Yeah. That was who it was, the other big one. So, like, oh, you know. God, Russell Wilson went in the third round and Brandon Whedon went in the first <laughs> Hey, because Russell Whedon – or uh, Russell Whedon, wow. <laughs> Russell Wilson is too short. He's like too short. Brandon, Brandon Whedon is, is, like, as old as – Yeah, he was, like, 28. He's, I'm still younger than him sure, when he got drafted. I'm pretty sure he was older than Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers had been starting for, like, two years when he got drafted. 27 when he got yeah, drafted. Yeah, craziness. Dude. Jeez. Um, John Gruden announced as the Raiders' new head coach. Spider 2, why bananas all day long? Uh, early thoughts on how it might impact Derek Carr. Uh, I don't know. It's I think – I mean – Go ahead. It's just hard. It's hard to draw anything from this right now because Gruden hasn't coached in nine years. Granted, he knows it well. And when he was at his peak in Oakland, he had a top ten – uh, scoring and yardage offense three years in a row, but then in Tampa Bay he didn't have his quarterback situation as figured out. So <laughs> the the trouble with the, yeah, like there's say. there's so much in question with him coming back. Like one, how's he gonna assimilate back into the job? And yeah. two, like what is he gonna be able to get out of Derek Carr and Amari Cooper, his like top two players in that yeah. offense, yeah. Right. who both had objectively very bad, bad disappointing years. Seasons, man. Yeah. I think I mean in terms of Carr, like he can only go up from this season. It was a terrible year, like you said, but like he he, he was coming back from a broken leg last True. year. He broke his back halfway through the season and played like a week later. So why didn't he get it going? Broken leg, broken back. What's the problem? I don't know. And it's just like <laughs> I, I think Derek Carr has some of these like leadership qualities. Remember that sound effects episode last year when he broke his leg and like he was like, oh, it's broken. It's broken. And he was super calm. And it just like showed he he has these leadership qualities and his team kind of rallied around him. Yeah. And I don't know like what happened to that guy this year. Like, was his confidence shot? Well, again, I think, I think it's the injuries, you know? I think it's yeah, the Yeah, and those, offensive those things add up. They, they changed offensive coordinators this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Carr only had six picks last year. Mm. So, like, he has it in him, and I think – I don't think Jack Del Rio was the guy to, like, steer this ship with Carr as the quarterback. And I think it's – you know, the Raiders, they gave him, John Gruden, a 10-year contract, Jeez. which is good, uh, Millie. pretty outrageous. So By the they, way, they believe, but – over under, does he make it three years? Uh, I'll take the over on that just because it's too much. Yeah. Okay. He over, doesn't over, under, it's over. all backloaded too because in Vegas taxes, right. I think they've made right. it so he's going to get all his money. Oh, that's an interesting oh. note. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Because ah. I was going to say, like, I don't they go anywhere. <laughs> Producer Chris with the with the contract nice. nuggets the, there. I, but if, I mean, if they fire him, it's all guaranteed, right? Yeah, it's yeah. all guaranteed. So so that's goes back to TV. It's fine. But that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he's just going to up and leave the job. I just. Anyways, but th that's kind of. I think he actually might. I, I think he might. I think he'll get tired of it. But anyway, yeah, that's what I I'm saying. Like, I don't think he. There's no way he makes it ten years. Z oh there's yeah, 0 no. Oh, oh yeah, zero percent chance he gets ten years. Oh yeah, yeah 100%. I would say he barely makes it half. But beyond that, I think w w with the Raiders this year, just to go back to your point about Derek Carwood, I think I really think you know I don't know I don't have any sources on this or whatever, but just reading the tea leaves, I think 
that locker room was in crisis this year too. Uh, I, I think you can tell just by the way, like – I think it, who, which one of our reporters had it that like there was oh was it Mike Silver that Weich said or somebody that or, they, no yeah it was Weich that said like when um Del Rio, that, got, that fired. Del Rio got fired like there were no tears shed like yeah 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 uh, the offense even seemed like celebrate like still like laughing and joking around afterwards yeah. like and but and the way like you said they fired Bill Musgrave who had had a, like, obviously led them to a pretty good season last year on offense yeah. and they promoted I think it was Todd Downing because yep. they and they had it kind of in their head like the same way that it was with like Dirk Cutter in in uh, Tampa Bay where they're like we we got to promote this guy like we don't want to lose him but obviously it was the wrong move and yeah. I also think too like when you go back to thinking about like the the days of like the feels like a thousand years ago like all the anthem protest controversy like I think that there were some disagreements about the way they handled that because you can even remember like when they were losing to Washington I think it was on Sunday night football or Monday night football uh like Derek Carr breaks the huddle and it looks like there's nobody's listening to him yeah I think the locker room, I think the locker room was just in a little bit of crisis and I think that's what led to this so hopefully that's the thing Gruden needs to go in there and reinstall like the culture he needs again. to lay down lay down some law which hey this happens with the Raiders all this has happened with the Raiders all the time this is what Del Rio came in there to do like reestablish the culture and yeah another team has to come in there and do it um, and I will say this for fantasy too like I don't think we need to we should overrate the fact that Gruden's coming back it's not a situation like with McVay going to the Rams where there was a very clear recent track record or like you know Kyle Shanahan going to the Niners a very clear recent track record of excellent offense and stuff. I think all these guys are probably going to come at a steep discount in fantasy drafts and probably just wait and take them there next year. Guys, we have breaking coaching news. What's What's up? The Bears, they're expected to name Chiefs offensive coordinator Matt Matt Nagy. Wow! That's good for them. According to Adam Jantz, of the Chicago Sun-Times. That, was, quite not, a, quite that a, was quick. Not good for the Chiefs. Well, what a rise for this Matt is, Nagy. This is, the, this is the time when a lot of these coaching moves happen, though. Teams get bounced from the playoffs, and those guys that are doing interviews are like, yeah, let's do this. Wow. Yeah. That was and, uh, that Matt was Patricia's going to coach the Lions, right? Potentially. Who yeah, that's exactly. that's what the – because they report? didn't interview um, – they did not interview uh, – Josh McDaniels. So, right. and I guess they have to wait till the Patriots are. But I think they. I think just re- again reading the tea leaves, like it seems like they want to establish like a defense. They want to. They want a Patriots guy in there for one because their GM comes from that comes from that branch, and they. But they want to keep their offensive play calling intact with Jim Bob Cooter right. and Matt Stafford because they like each other. Um, just a note on Matt Nagy. I think it was Andy Reid at one point said, and this is says a lot about Andy Reid. You know, with a long history of coaches John Gruden included that come from that branch uh, of his tree he said Matt Nagy's the best head coaching candidate uh, that I've ever been around wow so that's that's high praise that's very good stuff all right uh, let's talk about playoff challenge if you had Todd Gurley Kareem Hutt Travis Kelsey Cam Newton Greg Olsen. I did <laughs> how do you replace them <laughs> haven't you guys ever done this before <laughs> how do you replace no. them no. yeah you Play have off challenge who do you got taking it to the super bowl game now again i'll give i'll run down the four games here it's jacksonville taking on pittsburgh it's tennessee about to get slaughtered by new england so, <laughs> so don't take any tennessee titans Deion lewis baby <laughs> oh yeah uh it's atlanta taking on philadelphia it's new orleans at minnesota that's a game that i've got oh man i cannot wait. I can't that's gonna wait. be that fun. game's gonna be awesome that's gonna be a good game um all right so again if you had todd Gurley, kareem hunt etc uh how do you replace them we'll start with you Alex Gilhart. uh well for me i had some rams on the nfc side you to sure pair do. with my steelers and i this morning loaded up on vikings mm-hmm. afterwards i think that vikings team with the rest still no trust in the saints no i i believe in the saints i think they're very good i mean you saw this past week that um why this team's so dangerous in the playoffs is the Panthers shut down 
the, run the, game. the best running tandem in NFL history. And yeah. Drew Brees was like, that's cool. <laughs> I got this. Zach Lyon and Mark Ingram, you mean? <laughs> yeah, Zach Lyon and Mark Ingram. <laughs> uh, so so they, they, New Orleans can beat you in any way, but I just think Minnesota's got the home field advantage. Their defense yeah. is so fast and so good. I think they'll be able to keep it in contention with, with New Orleans. And uh, then you got to like their chances. Of, like if they if – they, because they could ride home field advantage all the way into the Super Bowl, they which could. is outrageous. <laughs> but I love I love New Orleans. Oh, I love New yeah. Orleans too. I think that's going to be a great game. But I just decide they're playing I, indoors, which is great for them. You know what I mean? It's 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 Breeze versus Case Keenum, and I know Case Keenum's played well, but man, uh, Breeze has showed you he's still got a whole lot left in the tank. As you mentioned, they shut down that run game, and he's like, "Ah, it's cool." And yeah, uh, I'm going to give you the Ted Ginn revenge game. Must be nice. These were these were very different teams when they played back in like week two or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. That, that was in New Orleans, I yeah. think. Yeah. And, uh, and it was that, week one. And that was Sam one. Bradford was the quarterback. That was in New Orleans, but I think. But uh, that, that Minnesota defense still. That Minnesota defense was oh, all right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. thing with the Saints is, I mean, they have elite players at every spot. I mean, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara have been elite players at running back this year. They have still an elite quarterback in Drew Brees. You saw it yesterday. And Michael Thomas, Thomas. is an elite receiver. He had 131 yards. He's un- He's uncoverable. Uh, especially with Breeze throwing him the ball like that third the down. back shoulder one oh. in the game yeah. so, oh, so nice that was, that was a unfair. great flow because it was a perfect throw and it was a perfect adjustment and catch from Thomas that was just was like so great, two man. greats going at it right there and it was yeah, awesome it was good man it was good but I, I think the Minnesota uh, you gotta like their home field advantage they've got a strong running game they've got yeah. two concentrated wide receivers if you're looking to replace those guys yeah. I maybe won't go grab Case Keenum because I think he could they'll have him probably game manage and put up just enough points while that defense gets it done Matt Harmon. Yeah, I had when I sent my playoff challenge lineup that was decimated with five players no longer in it. No, <laughs> not as decimated as Adam Rank. I true, think he, he had, went all in. All Rams. He had seven or eight Rams on his yeah. roster. Um, yes, that's true. Uh, I think I sent it in with Vikings originally, and I, I think I'm gonna resend it to you again with with Saints this time <laughs> because <laughs> that game truly is. I mean, that's a tough be, one. It's a tough one. And you know Atlanta winning, by the way, uh, against the Rams, that that hurt New Orleans in a way too, right? Because I would have ra- much rather seen New. The, if if I'm the Saints, I'd w- I would have much rather played Nick Foles in the in the Philadelphia Eagles yep. to try to advance to the conference championship game. Yeah, no, I, this. I mean, the NFC is tough. Like the NFC f- is tough. The, so tough. The Falcons are playing some of the best football right now. Like we're not even talking about them, and I can easily see them getting back to the Super Bowl now at this point. This is what's cr- so crazy. This is a team left for dead. In week 17, everyone assumed that they were going to lose, and everyone assumed Seattle was going to win to get that is, final spot into the playoffs. This is, this is the problem with like with <laughs> with football, with covering football, is we just react so harshly within one week. Like, you know, to double back. I mean, obviously the Panthers lost yesterday, yeah. but people were giving them no shot to to beat the uh, to beat the Saints. I mean, they yeah. were people were saying they were the weakest playoff team going into the Panthers it in the NFC. Yeah, that was definitely the talk after they after they completely threw up all over themselves fairly in week 17. Yeah, I didn't I mean I they were no, hideous. I put no stock in that. But look, they they battled the hell out of that Dude, game. Absolutely. That was, Devin, I mean, Devin Funches' arm was hanging limp. Yeah, like that was crazy. Late into the fourth quarter, and still he still it. came back. Exactly. And people were giving him crap on Twitter for not trying hard enough on that that deep that like last yeah, those, drive those where people, Cam targeted him in the up. end zone. Like, unbelievable. Leave the guy alone. He's out there on a busted ankle, I think, and a yeah, shoulder, and like. Play. You got to give him a guy like that credit for toughing that out. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Um, but hey, yeah. So by the way, in the, can I just say, Kalen Clay next year? No, 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 no. no? <laughs> he looked awesome in that game, no. though. 
James, he dropped a sure touchdown. That's fine. And and so was, <laughs> that's fine. I mean, he brings he, he brings he, he, he brings for Kalen Clay. Give it to me. He brings some speed to the table, yeah. but the problem is, I think he's like their third best speed receiver because they have Curtis Samuel coming back. They have Demir Bird in there. Bird. Your love for Demir Bird is no, no, nice. What do you mean? He's been he was good when he got chances this year, <laughs> and I think they will they will add they will add a player. I'm fingers crossed that it's a veteran, uh-huh. but I I know I know better than <laughs> to think I know what they're going to do. So yeah, exactly. But anyways, yeah. So I don't okay. think so about Kalen Clay. Yeah. But okay. Coming back to my point was just like we react so harshly to these things week to week, and sure. like now the Falcons people people seem to want to talk about them as one of the favorites. And I'm saying like who the hell knows? Yeah, the Saints though are a nice one too for playoff challenge because in the if they beat Minnesota and uh, they won't and um, uh, Philadelphia loses, then the Saints get a home game because they're the three they were oh no they're not the three they were the four seed but they'd still be higher so then then atlanta yeah. yes guys i wasn't a big fan of the the broom the broom afterwards i don't know what the broom is it's because they, they swept them they beat them all yeah, the they time. Swept them. oh yeah i've seen them punch it minnesota beat them in week one minnesota may break out their own broom <laughs> next sunday True. you know but it's a i mean it's a it's a divisional rival yeah yeah i know, you know? but wild card because that's like, a different on, man i mean three times in a row that that is you know that's a that's, that's hard to do it's it a is feat. it is I don't know. I'm fine. Especially I'm, with I'm two fine teams with that don't like each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they don't like each other. All right, fine. Fine, James. <laughs> Did you I'm, of, I'm, of the, I'm of the trash-talking, you know, school. Like, yeah. Speaking ah. of uh, don't liking each other, did you see what Cameron Jordan called Matt Khalil? No. Called him oh my Speed gosh. Bump McGee. Yes, speed, speed, oh, oh, man. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's <laughs> not wrong. Uh, we should keep moving on right, our playoff champs stuff here, though. Franchise, who do you got uh, to replace well, Todd Gurley at s- all? Oh, to replace Todd Gurley, I mean, I would go Deion Lewis or Lev Bell or Latavius Murray. Those are those are all. You sound all, so confident about Minnesota winning this game. Though. I'm all in on the Vikings are you? as my NFC Super Bowl team. Ooh, yes. Tell me why. Because they have the best defense in the NFL. All right. They can, if they keep winning, they can hold home field advantage, like Gelhar said. Second best defense in the NFL, but that's fine. Second best. Well, by what stat? Who's the first? The Jags are the best defense in the NFL. Well, is that your opinion, or is that statistically no, that's based? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a fact. That's they not don't... what our research packet says, okay, buddy? Oh, so you're just going to double down on their analysis? <laughs> he's going, he's their analysis is the based on statistics. Oh, franchise is getting fired up here. The Jags are a better defense. When they're at their peak, they're a, be- they're a better defense. They okay. Have, they have okay. they have elite uh, players at all levels. They have a, the, we're, we're picking hairs here. Yes. But all right, fine, fine. I, uh, fine, fine. They're the second best defense. In the whatever. Oh, Think whatever good. you want. I think the Vikings are the best defense in the league. These guys have these guys have been uh, to get. I mean, Mike Zimmer. Come on, give me a break. Come on, <laughs> give me a break. Let's go. This is Will Fuller that's part a, so two. That's, I, a, that's a very Seinfeld. Give me a break. Listen, I loaded up my fantasy uh, challenge, playoff my challenge. playoff challenge lineup with Steelers players and Vikings players because I think those are the two teams that are going to go to the NFL. Don't care about the Patriots. Get them out of my life. Go to the NFL. If, go to the Super Bowl. Get the Patriots out of my life. So I got Latavius Murray and Lev Bell as my running backs. Yeah. If you lost Todd Gurley or Kareem Hunt, you could throw one of those guys in there. Okay. There um, you go. And I got Antonio Brown. I saw a report this morning that I think Rap Sheet said Antonio Brown looks like he's going to be 100% for this game this weekend. I like Kyle Rudolph. I like Chris Boswell. My, as my kicker, I got uh, Ben Roethlisberger as my quarterback. So, And as always, New England has an easy road to the Super Bowl. I mean, I know. God, it's, it's, God. A, it's, a, it's another bye week practically with Tennessee. And then Jacksonville's just and Pittsburgh are going to absolutely hammer each other. James, anything, that anything can game. happen in the playoffs. I mean – Yes. The, the the Titans do have a semi decent formula to beat them. They've have some good pass rushers, and they if they 
God willing, just keep giving the ball to Derrick Henry, have a solid running game. The, the could, New England, I wrote the yeah. I wrote the strengths and weaknesses piece for the AFC, and New England's weakness is the front seven. Yeah, and they and New England doesn't have they can't pressure the quarterback. So if if Mariota has time, if their offensive line that's like four first rounders can get some pressure and they can do those nine minute scoring drives like they yeah. did in that second half or whatever. And you know, yeah, we, but they got James Harris. We always talk oh, about Lord. we always <laughs> talk about the Patriots when the weather gets cold, giving the rock to their big running back. They got Deion Lewis. They don't. They don't have a big guy like that to just ground and pound the no. second half. Rex if the Titans do that with Derrick Henry, they might be able to give uh, the Patriots a taste of their own medicine here. Let's not, let's not just write it off. Also, let's not forget. I let's not let's keep the ball. Keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. Here's here's all I will say. Yeah. Last year, through uh, 30 minutes of that game, Brock Osweiler was positioned to potentially beat, beat the Patriots yeah, in Lee Brocked. Until he brocked. The Patriots well, have shown Will some weaknesses this year. I'm just saying, it's not, it's they not have. a lock. They have. It's not a lock. <laughs> I think the only chance Tennessee has, and this is what's so sad about this matchup, is is Tom Brady has to have an off game. If if Kevin Byard and those guys in the secondary can go get Tom Brady a couple times in this ball game, then they got a shot. Hey, also, Tom Brady had kind of an off last four or five games. It's true. Also, all right, yeah, okay. he threw a bunch all of picks. Right. Let's not overlook this whole drama going on with the Patriots behind with the these, scenes, these behind the scenes the disruptions yeah. among ownership and yeah. coaching staffs and yeah. Yeah. and Tom Brady and guys, all Robert this Kraft, stuff. Robert Kraft was at the Rams game. Yeah, that's we, why. I, I don't yeah, know. I don't get that. I saw Goodell and Kraft yeah, in the tunnel. That was, I was weird. Like, oh, okay. Why? I have no idea. That's yeah, just weird. Thirty eight week. 30, 30, out. 30, 38, 38, 14 he's, Patriots. He's trying to get in the Falcons' heads. That's what he's doing. <laughs> he's, you know what? Pioli and Dimitrov used to work for him. So. That's true. But still, I mean, once it's playoff time, though, it's bizarre to see an like an owner of a different team at, at a playoff game. Yeah. Well, he's a – it's power. LA, he's though. A, he's scouting. A, yeah, I was gonna say he's a high-end owner. Probably just wants to see like what the playoff atmosphere is like in scouting. LA. Which, to, to LA's credit, I heard from people that were there that it was very nice, pretty yeah. raucous. It was like, a really good atmosphere. Good atmosphere. Heard there were a lot of Rams. I mean, even uh, the bar we were at was pretty packed with people. For yeah, it was. It was. Dude, I up. saw even in Hollywood. I saw people with Rams gear all day. Yeah, so yeah, good, it was, good. It was cool to see. Good for LA. All right, and the haters and losers can suck it. <laughs> we should, wow, we should move on here. We're, this is a lengthy podcast it already. Who indeed. cares? Oh, I'm sorry. Am I windbagging too much? You yeah, are yeah. We're bloviating, Jack. Right before oh, we have to bleep that. Right before the show was starting, we were joking like Chris was asking if we keep it breezy, and I was like, Yeah, I'm a little always worried. You, Franchise said we got to worry about James. I'm going to worry about this windbag over here, and he took great <laughs> offense to that. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I like it. Uh, so it's a podcast. We're supposed to talk. <laughs> yeah, don't try to censor us, okay? Yeah. All right, he always <clears throat> is trying to censor us. Okay. We've been, we talk, we've been talking for 40 minutes, and we've hit four news stories and yeah. talked about playoff challenge. So? Yeah. What's the, the postseason? What do you want? Four ah. news stories that should have oh, taken us like 15 minutes. I think the fans got a good, <laughs> lengthy discussion about it that they can marinate on for the next five months. You know what it is? It's what? We, we actually take the gloves off now, and we can just talk about yeah. football. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we could just talk about football. We'll just we'll just keep going. That's why I was, when franchise walked in, he was like, "Ugh, postseason pod." I was like, "No way! This is way more fun than having to stick to the same formula every week." Like, right? All right, week fifteen. Let's crank up the meter again. Start these Todd Gurley. These are the sleep. Maybe a deep sleeper. I think you should probably start this guy. He's not going to do anything. <laughs> Replace the batteries. Replace batteries. Robot power up. 
Oh, we should probably move on. Let's move I'm on. Wind, I'm windbagging. We Let's should move on should now. Move on. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> windbagging is definitely going to be a new term around. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm windbagging. Oh, yeah. Better better move on. It's the title it's of the podcast too, today. It's, windbagging. <laughs> it's funny, too, because we were ju- we just talked about this on uh, on Friday night. But, oh, yeah. My like tombstone being, let's move on. We should probably keep, we should probably move on. Yeah, we should probably move on. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> let's talk about things I learned in 2017. This was an article written by Marcus Grant. Go find it at NFL.com slash Grant. Uh, we'll get to three takeaways of, I think he had about five, but uh, injuries, injuries, injuries certainly was a theme in 2017. Yeah. I would imagine that to normalize there in 2018. I, scoring across the board in the NFL was down. I think injuries obviously were a big reason why. Yeah. How about rookie running backs? And more to come, too, right? I mean, the rookie running back class was was as billed. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe even more so because nobody really thought that highly of Kareem Hunt, and he just came on and just as a rookie won the rushing title. I mean, so he was there. Um, you know, you talk about Alvin Kamara. Again, another guy that we thought, okay, he might be a bit player. He might play a, a Darren Sproles-type role in that right. Saints offense. He was so much more than that. Not it was quite. amazing. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, by the way, that catch and run by CMC. Like, oh my awesome. goodness, what the hell? That yes. took took 18 weeks <laughs> to see something uh, like that. But again, rookie running back class. Promising. Uh, Dalvin Cook, who was great early, got injured. He'll be back. I mean, it's it a lot of other great. guys. Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Flash for a few weeks. Good rookie running back guys. class. A lot no of question guys. about it. More to come too. Saquon Barkley from Penn State. Yeah. Nick Chubb, Darius Geis from LSU. Nick Chubb from uh, Ronald from Jones Georgia. just declared. Ronald Jones, yeah, signing with the great Lee Steinberg from Cal uh, as well. Uh, I'm gonna do so- it. A deep dive into the year of the rookie uh, running backs okay. later this week for the website. So. Nice. And here's what I'll be interested in uh, to see if you can touch on this at all. Because nope. okay, well here's what I'm here's what I'm interested in. Purposely won't. Uh, cool. Yeah, cue when you asked for my help with this article on Friday, and now you're just wow you're just slandering me in front of wow. the podcast audience. So I'll remember. I'll remember this. Okay. okay. Anyways, right. let's log that one away okay. in the slander folder. But slander uh, folder. So. The this talk now is like is the, is the bell cow running back back or whatever, and to a certain extent I get that. But we only had one back go over 300 carries this year. That was Le'Veon Bell, uh, led the NFL with 321. Second place was Lashawn McCoy with 287 carries. Okay. Um, I don't think necessarily that like feature backs are are back because you look at a great team like New Orleans has a good committee. Um, even some of these guys up that are near the top of the league in rushing, they had other players there with, you know, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. I think teams are just getting better and more efficient about using their running backs, especially in the passing game. Yeah. And to me, like, that's the question is, you know, we want – we love it when we can get one of these locked-in feature backs like a uh, Le'Veon Bell or a Todd Gurley. But with all this talent at the position, is that really realistic? With another, we we have a great rookie running back class here come that we just had. Now we've got another one supposedly coming in. Some people are going to be losers in that scenario. Oh and yeah, I just wonder oh, yeah. who those players uh, will be. And I'm just still just so intrigued to see how teams like, especially with the Rams and Todd Gurley. I thought. It was just incredible how they used him in the past. I mean, he had 788 yards off 64 catches. Like, that's what I want to see teams do more going forward. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, you know, 300 carries as a a watermark, and I think that was, you know – the case before but I think to be a true feature back in today's NFL I'm looking at a guy who can get 350 total touches yes I'm that's what I'm saying like you got to play in the pass game like right. if you're not and if you're not not just play in the pass game anymore sure 
now it's be an asset in the pass game, right? Like a Bell or how many a total Gurley. touches did Todd Gurley have this year? He had uh, three hundred and forty-three. Hello. Yes. Good God. Uh, yeah, those are your those are your true. Melvin Gordon had about that much. Yeah, Shady and Bell, yeah. and uh, let's see, Jordan Howard clocked in with. Just under three hundred. I mean, basically, right, he had twenty three catches. Anything, anything over, you know, anything over three twenty. You're talking, you know, again, bell cow. It's I, rarefied air, though. It is. It is indeed. All right. Um, the other takeaway that Marcus Grant had: the face of the quote unquote elite wide receivers uh, changed a little bit this year. I, and I get it. It's a it's a fluid position uh, each and every year. But locked in guys like Des Bryant certainly fell off the wayside. He was the wide receiver 24. Mike Evans, who we all pegged as a first-round pick, he was the wide receiver 17. Jordy Nelson uh, just absolutely fell off a cliff. He was the wide receiver 46 in PPR formats. Again, those guys Gross. were not elite players this year. We're talking about Des Bryant, Mike Evans, Jordy Nelson. In their stead, here comes Keenan Allen, who was the wide receiver three in PPR. Michael Thomas, who we've highlighted as well. Tyreek Hill and Adam Thielen were top ten wide receivers in PPR as well. The face of elite wide receivers changing just a little bit here uh, in 2017. I don't want to sound like a homer, but you know who didn't get mentioned in that breath was Devontae Adams. You're right. Back-to-back top 12 years, and he had Brett Hundley for like six games. Back-to-back years with double-digit touchdowns. Like I mean, it just when when I was thinking elite, I'm thinking you got to be in the top 10. Uh, in terms of fantasy, anyways, I mean, certainly, look, uh, when we start talking about elite wide receivers in the real game versus fantasy, there's a big difference. You know what I mean? But yeah. oh yeah, uh, just in fantasy, in in fantasy, terms. and Devonte Adams is an elite in either one of them. But well, okay. back to back top twelve oh, oh, years, uh, back to back top twelve years in fantasy. It's pretty good. No, no, it's 20, great. twenty-two touches over the last yeah, two it's, years. No, it's twenty-two good. touchdowns. Excuse yes. me. Regression. It's gonna hit. It's gonna. <laughs> yes, when Aaron Rodgers comes back under center, hey, touch, his touchdown hey, regression hey, is gonna hey, hit. Fight math. You know. There it is. Look at the numbers, yeah. bro. <laughs> you, can't, um, you can't fight the math. I think Mike Evans is the only one of those guys that comes back, though. Okay. I think he I think he boomerangs back into the top ten next year. Uh, probably because of target share. Oh, speaking of targets and touches, your takeaways from 2017. Matt Harmon, go find the piece, NFL.com slash Harmon, uh, for your targets and touches takeaway. Give me two stats that did jump out to you this year. Yeah, a lot of information uh, in the piece. Uh, one that did jump out to me, again, talking about the face of Running backs changing and perhaps new feature backs. Kenyon Drake averaged 19.3 carries, 923 rushing yards from weeks 13 to 16, and he also caught 14 passes, which seemed a little low to me, uh, but he did have one game where he didn't catch any against Buffalo in week 16. Um, So he's a player that I am going to be pegging to watch during the offseason in terms of does Miami make any moves? Because, I mean, he was incredible in a couple of those starts. Like, Eye test, metrics, etc. So he's all somebody. Of all of it. Yeah, he checked every box. So with the all these new running backs coming in, um, he's definitely somebody that I want to keep an eye on. You know, where does he come in? And uh, another guy who might get lost in the mix of all these great running backs is C.J. Anderson. He was a frustrating player. Um, uh, to, he was a frustrating player this this season, as he always is to own in fantasy. Most of his production came in bulk. They but, might let him go, right? I don't know. He had his first thousand yard season. He had 245 carries. No longer on pace. Yeah, he's no he longer on pace. He did it. He did it. So he's somebody that I think like this. He's a perfect example of what I was just talking about of like these solid veterans, but do they start to fall by the wayside? Yeah, I uh, think so. And I even think a player so. like you know, this is maybe a hot take, but like a Jordan Howard. You know, if a new coaching staff coming in. Uh, do do they want to? 
to perhaps change the way? Like, I mean, obviously John Fox, ground and pound, very conservative. Uh, Howard has shown he is a dud in the past game since he's been he's in the liability. league. Yeah, like not not even just a not asset, just a, right. an he's actual a li- liability. Yeah, he's a, he's a liability. So these are the type of players that I'm going to be monitoring. Uh, do they start losing work to some of these young? What about guys? what about Alex Collins? This thing is an interesting one too. He finished with yeah. a lot of carries. God, and he looked looked good. really good for right, a while. Yeah. If, Gave their offense like an identity when it didn't right. have one. And if they kind of get out of their own way and, you know, don't start the year giving 23 touches a game to Buck Allen and treat <laughs> Alex Collins as more of the featured back and maybe Danny Woodhead as a slight little compliment. Sure, sure. Could be could be a good yeah. situation to mine there. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Another stat that jumped out to you, Matt Harmon. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Nothing, really. <laughs> Nothing really that we haven't covered. Fair enough. All right, let's close out your show with a round of daily daps. 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 Alex Gilhart, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm going to daily dap. Uh, I went to the cinema, the cinema last night with my, my pops. We were yes, uh, winding cinema. down, cinema. Uh, decided to stop drinking beer for a little while because we went out and had a few beers. Shocking. Oh. I know. Got shocked, some coffee. Right? Yeah, it's, instead got some coffee. <laughs> had some you cheese, know, had some you cheese popcorn. You want to know the funniest part? We did actually grab a coffee before we went to the theater. Shock. We'd uh, sober we'd been, up. Look, we'd been hitting it hard for a few days, so we were like, "Oh, let's just we'll have a coffee and go see the movie." But we went to see oh Hostels, which uh, just came out out here. It's on limited release right now. It's yeah. a it's a western starring Christian Bale and Rosamund Pike and Ben Foster's in it. Uh, and the story is that Christian Bale is a uh, been in the military for a long time in the late 1800s and is about to retire. And one of the last things he has to do is transport a uh, Native American chief who he had battled a bunch against and really doesn't like. Has to, he's dying of cancer in their prison, and they, um, the government, the president has said, take him back, escort him back to his homeland so he can and die and rest in peace there. So Christian Bale has to get a small detail of guys uh, and transport the chief and his family from New Mexico to Montana. I see. So it's a long, grueling journey, and as you can expect, a, a lot of stuff goes sideways <laughs> traveling that far in the in the Old West in the late 1800s. But it's really well acted. There's a lot of really interesting characters, a lot of really interesting topics for the time period. And, who's the director? Uh, Scott Cooper, who's uh, he's done a couple movies. I think he did Crazy Heart and uh, and a few other movies. Um, okay. He's he's kind of a He's an up and comer, I think. With some the with previews some look awesome, man. It's and it's great. It delivers. It's 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 long and kind of slow, but like deliberately paced because mm. you really feel their epic journey sure. and how you know how much stuff goes on in it. So I thought it was really well done, superbly acted. The characters are all really rich, and uh, I was I was a big fan of it. That's great, Matt. Franchise, what do you got? Uh, I'm gonna daily daps this restaurant in Grand Central Market in downtown LA that I went to this weekend called the Sorry Sorry Store. Okay, it's uh. Uh, the woman I've been to Grand Central Market. I love it's, Grand it's, Central Market. It's a little. I think it just opened this oh, year. Okay. It is by uh, Walter Mansky, who <laughs> owns Republique, which is like a French uh, cuisine in Hollywood. You and Ken's love that place. Yeah, we, that's one of our favorite spots. He also owns Petty Cash, which is like a Mexican restaurant. His wife, Margarita, opened this place called the Sorry Sorry Store, and it's Filipino like rice bowls. Okay. She's the pastry chef at Republique, James Beard nominee, all this. She's well-renowned. Um, but this is like, I think, her first solo endeavor. By the way, you have to save up for about <clears throat> 40 years to go eat there. 
At Ray Publique? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> it's like a once-a-year thing that exactly. me and my fiancé do. But, At most, yeah. But we discovered Sorry Sorry Store. We were going to go to Egg Slut, which is like a breakfast sandwich place, and the line was like, out, like all, two it, hours long. It always long. is. I was like, yeah. not, I've had Egg Slut. I'm not waiting two hours for, for an, egg, an egg sandwich. So we went to the Sorry Sorry Store, and okay. we were so happy we did. I got a, a pork uh, pork rib bowl with like garlic rice the meat fell right off the bone it was amazing Good. and then she's a pastry chef uh at ray publique right and she has this coconut cream pie that we got and oh, it was, like, oh, uh, baby. It was say, outrageously good so grand central market is an underrated place if you ever come to la like a lot of people don't go downtown in la because it doesn't right. have like the metropolis like there's right. so much else in la and there's yeah. hollywood and beverly hills and, and Santa you see the and beach stuff. but Downtown, go to the last bookstore, go get lunch at Grand Central Market. There's yeah. actually a lot of fun so stuff much to do food. downtown. I agree. And Grand Central Market is awesome because, like, you're walking through, like, what is that area that it's on? It's like almost like there's like weird shops and it's like kind of like dingy on the street and oh, you yeah. walk there. Oh yeah. And then you go a lot into, of homeless you, people. You go into Grand Central. <laughs> you go into Grand Central Market and it's yeah. awesome. There's yeah. all these delicious restaurants that and is. like little bars and like other places and it's just great. It I was, mean, it was cool. I, I'm I'm underselling it. I love the place, but it is hipster heaven. I mean, Grand Central Market? Market? It is, yeah, 100%. Sure. Because, again, you do have to walk through homeless people to get there. Oh, yeah. That's that's a that's a hipster favorite. Uh, I got to do Well, that. and I feel like there's like, it's like there's like knockoff watches and <laughs> like purses being sold, sold on the street right yeah, there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Anyways, but if, Grand Central Market if you is visit awesome. L.A., definitely go visit that. Go, place, go to Sorry it, Sorry it's, store. It's cool. All right. And the last bookstore, though, I'll daily adapt that, too, because it's a huge bookstore yeah, in an old bank in the banking district. So, like, you're walking through, like, vault doors and stuff. And it's it's tremendous. It's awesome. It's definitely awesome. Uh, Matt Harmon, what do you got? Uh, I've got two. Uh, one, I want a daily dap, uh, something the NGS team did this week uh, where they were gifting like the some, a couple of the plays uh Two of two of the ones in particular, like just from the dashboard, like if you go in, like if we like we can do the the, the public cannot do this, is go into like the like on a play by play basis and watch like all the the little dots of the players yeah. go through. So they gift the um the Mariota play, the Mariota right? play where he threw the touchdown to himself, and it looks really cool just to watch all the little dots because you see like who's covering who and all that. It's just fun to it's fun to watch, and so they sent that out in the channel, and uh, it's they. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you finish. But so, so they sent that out in the channel, and uh, apparently one of the one of the people from our social team here said, "There's nothing here for this," and I was like, "Oh, BS." What? Like, what? Yeah, whatever. So well, I was like, "Well, that's dumb." So I tweeted that out. Yeah. And it got it got a lot of the Mariota one, of course, got a lot of good play, and I was like, "This is good. We should do this." It's uh, it's funny because there's the tracker on the ball, so you see, you the, see ball the ball go, go out, and then it bounces right back. right back to him, and then he runs it in. <laughs> and they did the same thing for the Jalen Ramsey uh, one too, where you see him bat the ball up to himself. Cool. And catch it. So those are cool. So they're check they're those just out the on. little dots, but it is really fun to see. It's an, an awesome visualization of all the players moving yeah. in concert on the field. Yeah, and it's which totally is, clear. Like, it's totally clear. It's, yeah, it's, absolutely. There's no, you know, there's a lot, when you see the humans run around. There's a lot of moving parts. Exactly. But like, when you watch the just the dots, you're like, oh, okay, I get exactly where everyone yeah, is. Yeah, like all the all 22 film is so much more chaotic. But there's, oh, for yeah. some reason, these little dots is just like the ballet, and it's Agreed. it's so it's, cool. It's Agreed. funny to watch the dots too. When you like see a dot stop on a play, and then you go and like watch the video of it, and you're like, "Oh, that guy got destroyed, and he's yeah. laying on the ground." <laughs> that's, that's why he his dot just stayed there, and the play went on. 
It's fun. It's <laughs> fun to see. So right. daily daps one to that, and also last night started watching. Uh, finally, the hands, uh, Handmaid's Tale. Nice uh, first three okay. episodes of that. That's on Hulu. It. Yes. Yeah. That's the one service I do not. Winning have. a bunch of awards. Okay. Yeah, blew through the first three episodes of that last night. Uh, good show. Very good. Very it's a little good. weird, but it's really good. Definitely weird, but I like. I have like. I, I like weird and dark. No. No. The book is great. I don't read. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Illiterate tries. <laughs> Hey, listen. Hey, he didn't say he can't read. He said he doesn't read. I only read computers. Also, if he's yeah. illiterate and he's sure. been back reading our copy for the last well, that makes four a lot. Of, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, listen, you, now it's all your copy's been a mess, so you're lucky that I'm here to back read it for you. That's great. That's uh, I will uh, daily dap. Uh, I went. I went out to Las Vegas for the uh, for the weekend, as we uh, mentioned off the top. But uh, had a great stay there. Um, I stayed up late entirely too often, and because uh, that was when I, you know, you can let loose a little bit. Because you know the kiddos asleep. Uh, she's asleep upstairs with the wife, and I go downstairs and I, you know, do man things. There's no sleeping in Vegas. Yeah, there's no sleeping. That uh, is what it is. Uh, but I had a good time. So it was it was a lot of fun. Did you go to any shows or anything with the fam? Uh no. You know what we did? We <clears throat> we first of all we walked the strip, went to a bunch of hotels. I mean it's just it's sightseeing, you know, and yeah. and the the kiddo wanted to go to the the M M&M and M store. Oh nice. <laughs> oh yeah. I love it. Oh my god. My, so, yeah. I think they're my favorite candy. She wanted I know that's like she wanted to buy about or... it is actually quite a boring time. Yeah. I, I I'm surprised by that. M and M's your favorite? Yeah. Peanut uh, M and M's? No. <laughs> Although I will say, I publicly said this on Twitter yesterday. I ate some peanut butter pretzels at my apartment. Okay. And what's the verdict? Prove it. So good. Peanut Pro- butter prove it. Good. Oh I mean, God. you can go dig through my trash. The ones from Trader Joe's forever. with the peanut butter inside? Oh, no. This was just from 7-Eleven. Oh. Oh, I pulled, okay. man. What? Because I pulled a Gelhar, and uh, I, I was, like, in the middle of the game, and I was like, man, I'm tired. Let me just go walk. And I just, I was like, I don't feel like making coffee at my place, like, and the only thing I can walk to in the middle of, like, between the quarters is 7-Eleven. <laughs> so I just went and got some crappy 7-Eleven coffee. Oh, bro. Don't tell your hipster audience that. I know. Sorry, guys. I, I'm <laughs> I'm a, I'm not, I'm, I'm very open with the fact that I am a, I'm a fake hipster. I'll so. hipster. <laughs> so I and while I was there, I was like, I get get something to snack. I actually think so. it's actually quite hipster to occasionally mix in the Seven Eleven coffee. It gives you the hipster credit. Well, yeah, right. Like because here's the thing: like I'm drinking coffee. Like this is not like a religious experience for me. Like I just need to wake up a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. If this if this this will do the job, I promise. It's no five dollar pour over, but it'll get no. the job done. Yeah. Like I'm just I'm just here for uh, here for to wake up a little. So yeah. give me. A uh, break. I just saw a funny tweet I want to share with everybody. <laughs> Uh, somebody said uh, you're kind of windbagging. No, no, no. Yeah, let's, we're let's, cut, let's here. Chris, let's go to your dad. Tommy, here. Tommy was oh, oh yeah, make a very effective Real Housewife. I have never watched an episode of the Real Housewives, but if okay. it was like five crazy women and Tommy was oh, oh my god, I might tune in for that. I, I watched some Housewives. I would too. That would be that'd be a good mix. <laughs> I like it a lot. Could you imagine his one-on-one interviews? Yeah. Uh, I'd. She's. I don't know what she says. She's a great person, though. <laughs> I don't know what happened with James Franco last night, but he boxed him out of the microphone. I you, if you you would box out Tom yeah. Uzo too. I probably you haven't like don't the let this guy yet, embarrass right? himself. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, watch the room and you'll get it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you will get why he boxed him out. Producer Chris, close us out. All right, guys. Uh, now that the NFL regular season is over, yes. I like to I like to crush football books, whether. Oh. Reading them or listening to them on Audible. So okay. Nice. I just want to read off a list of a few that I'm currently reading. Nice. Belichick and Brady, which I think is pretty relevant and cool. I, I started reading it the uh, the day before all the stuff broke, so I think it's pretty cool to, <laughs> to listen to it now. Above the Line with Urban Meyer, which is solid. And then I was telling you guys, I got that book. On yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that's the hard Walsh, to get. Find the oh, you edge. found it? I found, found it. it. I got it mailed to my house. Wow. And if 
if you don't want to buy it and because it, it's a lot of money, they have one on Audible. The score takes care of itself. It's like an adaptation of of Bill Walsh. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, football books. Nice. Yeah, uh, you'll have to books. let me know how finding the winning edge is uh, because that's uh, that that's an all timer. Yeah, it's nice. like eight hundred pages. Did we it's talk about lot. it? Did we talk about it on the podcast or we talk about it offline? I think like, we talked about it offline. How yeah. hard it is to find this book. Like Bill Walsh authored it. There like aren't any copies being printed anymore. But there, why? Like, the people have it. I don't know. But it's become like the ultimate collector's item, and like some sometimes I because I was looking to try and find it once, and people will sell this book for like over a thousand dollars. Oh my goodness! Buy it. You can find cheaper versions. I know, sometimes, but why don't they just print more books? I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know what the deal is. I got it for markedly cheaper than a thousand. Yes, like I was saying you can find it, but like I would I would <laughs> hope so. When I when I googled it, well, we all know the money we make at this place. I'm assuming Chris isn't uh, his wife didn't authorize a thousand dollar book purchase on eBay. Yeah, That'd be amazing. Do. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a fashion. There was a big article written about it and like how hard it was to find too. But like it's it's really fascinating. If you want to waste like an hour, just Google this book and and read some of the stuff about it. Find the winning edge. Finding the winning edge. It's awesome. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, that's your show for the Whiskey from Wisconsin. Alice Gilhar, Matt Harmon, Matt Franchise, and producer Chris. I'm James Coe. We will see you Thursday. See you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.